one no Brian Graham up the Jags come on Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Plenty to talk about tonight. We've got three games to look back on and two games to look ahead to, as well as the usual title chat. Joining me to do this, Mr. 66%, David Forrest. David, how are you? I'm well. Um, yeah, we had a good game on Friday and yeah, it, it, yeah, just a, a good a good atmosphere at the moment since since the second half on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, doing well. Mister sixty five percent, Reese Aldane is also here. Reese, how are you? I am good, thanks, guys. So, just felt kind of as if the whole a bit done in the dumps for the last couple of weeks with the kind of fumbled the games in hand and whatnot. But it's good to get back to winning ways. So, yeah, happy days. It sure is. And fellow realist Jamie McDonald is also here. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I was 40% when you last asked me. I said it up to 50 if we beat Dunfermline. It never happened. We beat Inverness, so it's up to 50 now. There you go. You don't know how much mm. realist you're going to call me after that. No, you're going to lose that title, I think. Jamie, we'll start with the, the Wraith game, the first of three games we've got to talk about. You were you were there that day in Kirkcaldy. How was it? It was it was nil nil. What did you take away from the game? Obviously, after that game, I feel it was quite a downbeat atmosphere because you know we'd, we'd lost to Martin in the week, which was you know, a shocking result at home, and then we went to Rafe and it was a pretty uninspiring performance from us, especially the first half. We were very flat. We didn't really create much. Rafe had a couple of chances. Probably should have scored at least one of them. Second half, we made a couple of changes. We looked slightly better, bringing on Graham, Turner, and Murray, but. Again, I really didn't think we had enough going forward. We had a couple of chances here and there. Brian Graham had one when she kind of skied over the bar. And uh, Cabby Smith's cross, sorry, shot come cross, was almost tapped in at the back post by Graham. But we didn't we didn't really create much. And it wasn't a fantastic performance by any means. We got a clean sheet, which was one good thing. But I didn't even think we looked particularly fantastic at the back. We looked a little bit shaky at times. It just was not a great performance. And Lewis Mayo did well at the back. I thought he marshaled the... The air attack, not air, sorry, the Rafe attack uh, pretty well. But uh, the other defenders, I thought, were a little bit shaky. But wasn't our uh, best performance. But obviously, we've rectified that since, I'd say, the second half in our both. We've looked a lot better at the back and looked better going forward as well. Reese, you were there as well. Tiffany was obviously injured. Brian Graham started the game on the bench. What did you make of the players that come into the side in attacking positions? So Yakubiak got a start. We saw Kyle McAllister get a start as well. I think Cammy Smith was playing that day. What did you make of them in place of our main attacking threats for the season? Um, well, it was a bit of a, a counter-attacking team and one of the ones you you went in kind of open-minded. Like, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how this goes. But it was obviously a bit of a worry when there's no Tiffany. Um, Graham's benched. But, of course, you've got faith in the guys that McCall selects. But... And I was looking forward to seeing McAllister, and to be honest, I thought it was he showed some flashes in the first half. He could put in a good ball um, with his weaker foot, but it just it, it didn't get going for us. And it was it was one of those ones that speaks volume when two of the front three are subbed off after at half time, and the other one gets subbed off before they were marked. It just it was kind of it, it wasn't the the best attacking trio. Let's be honest, but. These things will happen, and you expect I expect to see more of that in the coming weeks with the fixture congestion that we've got coming up. So um, I don't blame McCall for changing the side. Um, and as Jamie's already spoke about, it's one of those games. Normally, I come away from games and I'll be saying, oh, we're unlucky not to have stolen it. Um, we had chances to win, but generally, now now is probably a fair result. There was there wasn't much to write home about about that game. There was a couple of half chances for Rafe. We had a couple of half chances, even if you can call them that. It was a really nothing game, very dull and. A point's disappointing because I think I think Rafe's now not one in eleven or, or something like that. So 
it would have been good to set the tone and go and get a win there. But at the end of the day, a point in the grand scheme of things is, is not there's not the worst. But three points would have been great. Well, it was a point that started a week against three of our promotion chasing rivals. The second game on Tuesday night was in our growth. David, before we got on to the game itself, how was your day in our growth? Oh, it was excellent. I went up um, about, I got in about half four and we went to, so I went to the Bell Rock for my dinner. Um, always a, a, fanta- a fantastic place, just sit for an hour um, and eat your dinner and listen to sort of podcasts, whatever, just kind of have a wee bit of time to yourself. Uh, then I went to uh, Pleasureland. Um, mentioned many times my love of Pleasureland. I think it's the best, the best thing you can have next to a football ground. Um, sadly, Sega Rally was shot, um, but I got a shot on the um, dancing stage Euromix because I am 32 years old, and yes, I will still play the, the dance mat uh, when it's there. But, yep, and then I went to Tutty's Nuke across the road from the ground. Um, I had a bit of a panic when I lost my ticket. Must have went into my spam bin in January, and then was just gone, so they had to go and print one out for me. But yeah, I can't fault it. One of the, one of the best away days. The train journey up was great as well, and yeah, I I I, I love our growth as a place to go. It's just the bit I've said before. Um, the the least the least exciting thing about going to our growth is the football. It's just a shame that's the reason I go every time. Um, but yeah, a, a great a great day out um, until the game. A shout out to the Bell Rock Cafe as well. Their their smokies, their smoked haddock suppers is is the finest scran outside the Shish Mahal in Scottish football. A, a magnificent place. And we'll get back on to football, David. Scott Tiffany was back, albeit his return was short-lived and looks to be quite costly. Brian Graham also started the game, but it was a a poor first half. What did you make of the opening 45 minutes up in our growth? I mean, when we conceded um, and then when Tiffany hobbled off after about nine, ten minutes, at that point, you're you're looking down the barrel and you're really, really, really worried about could we be getting a doing and... Having to see us react, we we've talked about in McCall's tenure that sometimes he is quite slow to react in like in terms of substitutions and things like that. And I think as well because our game plan had kind of been based on Tiffany, um, you know, and playing the wings and stuff like that. To have Tiffany come off and you're in the, the weird situation when you had two players who are neither left or right mid, so you had like I said, you know, I think Crawford. It was the other side of Tiffany and then Smith came on for him. It might be the other way around, but you had two players who weren't playing in their natural positions and like our entire game was based off of it. And for the first half hour, we were so slow at reacting to things. You'd see the ball come by and people just standing there watching the ball as it goes to our both player. And you're like, if you're just a wee bit more sharp and just a wee bit more turned on you know, mentally and kind of reacting a wee bit better, we wouldn't have been as half as bad, but it was some there was some crosses and stuff like that that were just really, really poor, just like people just not being able to get in the end of balls. And it's not like, oh, hard lines, you know, you'd have never caught that. They could have if they just had a wee bit of urgency about them. There was no urgency with us in the first half hour. And it just looked like we were going to get a doing, to be honest. And I think you, you could tell that for our growth, like getting that early goal, like what it meant to the fans and stuff like that, the noise they made and the, the Arbroath team were well up for it and you just you just feared the worst but about 15 minutes to go we kind of we got a chance and we were making some sort of concessions towards actually you know trying to score as opposed to being pinned back for the first half hour we kind of you know settled into a little bit better we weren't amazing but we had a couple of half chances and stuff like that but when you went in at half time I mean I, I sat with Jamie and Reese, or stood with Jamie and Reese for, for the first half and stuff and we kind of talked about it and we're all kind of really really disappointed with it and then I met you and when I went to you we both kind of were like mm, I don't know how this is going to go so the fact that he made like sweeping changes wholesale you know at half time and bringing on players and just completely changing the shape to play that diamond formation it was really exciting because one of my, um, not grievances, but sort of irritations is that like we, we do kind of seem to be stuck on a game plan and it's like get it to Graham or get it to Tiffany and something will happen. And we've kind of coasted on that. And def- we've been really been bailed out by the fact that we have a good defence and that we've not offered that much in front of goal at times in games. I mean, 
But you know, the Wraith game is a perfect example of that. I wa- I didn't go, but watched highlights, and uh, it was just all Wraith chances, to be honest. We've done practically fuck all um, in that. So the fact that he was thrown at his comfort zone, went to this new formation, and it really, really worked. Like, one of the best performances I've seen from us in a good while. And, like, I think by the end, I think at half time, you'd have snapped somebody's hand off for a point. But I think at the end, I think we were probably a bit aggrieved not to win it because I think we were on the balance. Like, you know, they were better in the first half, but we were much better in the second half and probably should have won it. I think McCall deserves a lot of credit. I was sat behind the dugouts on, on that Tuesday night and when Tiffany pulled up, he sent Crawford and Murray out to warm up. And I think Murray has been impressive in, in recent weeks, but he's, he's still to convince me and I think quite a lot of Thistle fans but I was begging him to put Murray on because Crawford out in the left with, I think it was Turner that started out in the right and a flat midfield four in the first half. And I was like, this just isn't going to work because there's there's no natural width. There's nobody that's going to beat a man. And that's basically what happened when he put Crawford on in the first half. Um, we really struggled to create anything in open play without Tiffany. But as you say, David, the change at halftime, he recognised that McCall, he got it spot on in the second half. You know, Allegra come on up front, cause some, cause some bother. Banzo and Crawford in central positions in the midfield diamond with Smith behind the front two and eventually Murray behind the front two. It caused our growth a lot of problems. I was really impressed with our growth in the first half, actually. I know this is going to sound a strange thing to say, but I was really impressed with their, their heading. And it sounds weird, but when you watch teams like header, header balls, they were heading it and they were going to their their own players' feet like they were passes in the ground. They're, they were so controlled with everything they were doing. They were high tempo. They were they were brilliant in the first half. And to be honest, they could have been two or three nil up on where they hit the post. Sneddon might have got a touch with a couple of other chances. But, um, maybe that was some evidence of part-time players tiring in the second half. I know I've just given McCall a lot of praise, but maybe that was the case because I think we were the better team by far in the second half. And I, a point was, I think, the least we deserved in the end. Reese, what about you? What were your takeaways from Tuesday night's game? Yeah, much the same, to be honest. The first half, as you guys have mentioned, our growth really did. They were, they were right on us. They were peppering us. Um, and like as you mentioned, it was the high tempo that was really getting to us. They were they were first to every ball. Um, they were just swinging balls into the box. And it looked like we were. it was only a matter of time before we were going to collapse and concede two or three. But thankfully, the, def- the defence stood strong. We managed to keep ourselves in the game. And we kind of... Mm-hmm came in tape more towards the end of the first half. Obviously, you guys have spoke about we changed shape and it actually suited us a lot. Um, Juan Allegra came on and I really liked the look at him. He was putting himself about. He was getting to um, the second balls. He was putting his body out there. He was he was putting in a, a shift, to be honest, and it was a lot of energy. It was an absolute bundles, bundles of energy. Um, and I felt we needed that because the ball was getting up to Graham. And it was... In fact, it wasn't really getting to Graham, to be honest. And any time it did, he'd won a header. There was nobody within... 10 yards of him, he couldn't get the second balls. Cammy Smith was too deep, just wasn't linking. So um, Allegra kind of changed that a bit and gave us a bit, bit more legs as well. Um, and Tam O'Brien just he had a, he was having a field day the first half. He's probably up there with the best in the league. He's a Rolls Royce a half for the championship. But Allegra came on and caused him problems. And I know McCall said that uh, it might be an archery. They thought that um, Tam O'Brien probably thought he was just going to bully Allegra, a young boy, 19 year old. But He's like an ox. He just came on and was just like battering people, like battering the centre halves, and he was unlucky not to score. And he was, I think he's only like five nine, five ten, but he's got some leap on him. So hopefully we'll see plenty more of him coming in the next couple of weeks. And as you guys have said, so unlucky not to win it right at the depth. Like obviously it fell to, fell to Kevin Holt in the box. And from from my end, I thought it was a, a corner, but see, haven't seen it on replay. I know there's some shouts for a penalty and stuff, but. It's one of them ones they do get given, but for me it probably is not a penalty. He's he's got to score, but it's a left back into it. And if it's if that's Tiffany on the pitch, if it's Brian Graham, you'd expect them to bust the net. And it's one of them ones that you you'd have took, you've definitely have snapped your hand off for a point at half time. But it's one of, again, you feel like oh we fumbled it again. That was our chance to to close the gap to make some ground in all the teams. But as long as we're still hanging in there, still in there towards the end of the season. Teams will slip up and we just need to capitalise. The, the whole chance is interesting because I think, as you say, he's he's got to score and it's maybe unfortunate it's fallen to Holt, even though he has shown a bit of goal-scoring prowess this season. I think the gas in contact, it's one of them where the letter of the law, 
as a foul, it probably should be a penalty. But if that was given against you, you'd be raging just because they they don't get given. It's like it's almost like shot pulling in the box at corners. Like it's a foul, you can't argue against it, but they just don't get given for whatever reason. It's a strange one. Anyway, Jamie, I know we've spoken about the front two, and we will come on to them in a bit more detail later on. But I want to talk about um, Akinola. Akinola was one of the players that made way at halftime at Arbroath. He did not make the starting 11 on Friday night against Inverness. He's a player we've raved about this season. We've been huge fans of Akinola. But he is going through a bit of a sticky period just now. What have you? What do you make of his situation? I think you mentioned it, Matt, a couple podcasts back, that maybe the red card's playing in his mind a little bit. And he really hasn't looked himself. You know, in the last couple of games, he's been a bit out of sorts. Up at Inverness, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't at his best. At Rafe, made a bit of a mistake in the corner at one point. I remember him kind of not releasing the ball and then getting it nicked off. And we were, on, you know, we were lucky enough to concede from it, to be honest. And then he wasn't having his best game at Arbroath. But no, no one really was in that first half. Not much of the team was shining through as impressive in that first half, to be fair to him. But, you know, obviously he was dropped for Friday and maybe a game or two at the side, would, you know, it could have one or two effects. One, it dents his confidence. Or two, it gives him, a, you know, a little bit of a rest and he comes back and he's playing better and he's got his confidence back in. You know, you saw him on the pitch on Friday at full time and he was looking buzzed and he was, you know, congratulating the players. He didn't look, you know, wasn't like, you know, strolling about in a strop. He's clearly got a very good attitude. And, you know, I'm sure he understands why he's been dropped and he probably first admit he's not been at his best recently. But we know fine well what he's capable of. He's been a fantastic defender for us. You know, arguably the best centre-back we've had probably up with Mayo since Lindsay left the club. And, and I, we're lucky to have him and obviously extend his contract till next season. I'm sure he'll bounce back and he'll definitely have a role to play between now and the end of the season, especially with his running and congested fixture list we've got. We've still got another two games in hand tomorrow night and then Dunfermline as well. So he'll definitely have a role to play. Please. Just on Akinola, I do think it is is a slight bit harsh, to be honest. I do understand why he's been dropped. He hasn't been up to his high standards, but as I say, that is his own high standards, how good he's came into the side. And I think he's, he's played like 26 games in all comps and had like some, something ridiculous, 18, 19 clean sheets, something like that. And I mean, the games that, that he's not been great in, like I've seen guys have absolute nightmares and it's as if we're like picking hairs to try and pick out folks in the game so I do feel a bit sorry for him I don't think he's been bad by any means and like even the Rafe game he's getting slaughtered for he kept a clean sheet the Arbroath game like I know he wasn't great but like the defence done well to keep it 1-0 do you know what I mean so and you've not really got a leg to stand on when Kevin Holt gets moved to centre half and gets a goal so I do hope that Tunji can come back into the team at some point Um, I don't want him sitting on the bench because he's, he's far too good for that he's been brilliant for us this season Aye, it's one of them ones. I don't know who's going to have to drop out of the team in the, in the near future. I imagine it'll be one of the two fullbacks, and and hope will eventually revert back to left back. But it remains to be seen. I think the defence is in a really good place at the moment. Every uh, as you say, there's five or six that could easily start, and you'd be more than happy with that. I think what Jamie said about Akinola coming on at the pitch at full time on Friday when he wasn't involved and still looked delighted as if he was playing is is important. I think he's settled at the club really well. He's sort of bought into what we're doing. He's, he's signed the contract extension. You hear all this stuff about McCall uh, settling them in in Glasgow off the field, which is great. And I think I can obviously appreciate that. As I say, he's settled in. And another point, he's got Stephen Bell there, who's been out the side and experienced it and a half. He'll put his arm around him. He'll get him through it. Ricky Foster as well, his experience in the defence, that'll, that'll help Akinola through and... I think he'll be back into this into the side before the end of the season. We'll definitely see him again, and hopefully he can return to the form that's seen him kept all those clean sheets. David, do you want to come in? Yeah, I was going to say it's it, there is quite a lot of parallels with the um, Senna last season. Obviously, it's a wee bit earlier in the season, but he um really really good at centre back. We've been raving about him all season. Then he had the the goal conceded at Dundee United, and then kind of went on a run of quite poor games and. It, it got to a point where like he got a couple of games after and it didn't really show improvement and then got hooked. And I think a lot of people maybe thought that he was a game or two too late, too late in terms of they probably should have dropped him earlier. So I think maybe McCall, in that way, he probably was right to drop him. Um, again, though, as we said, you know, Tunji Akinola not being at his best is still not bad because he's got such high standards that like you know you can't possibly play at those high standards all of the time 
But as as you say, like it's good. Like you've got like Bell, you've got Foster there as well. McCall, he, he seems to he seems to be really good at sort of guiding these young people through. I mean, again, looking at like Senna during the empty uh, stadium games, you, you every every game you'd hear McCall coaching Senna through the game. You've also got Archie there as well. You know, you've got guys there who have a good head on them who can. Again, put their arm around him and keep and keep him. I said, I I don't see him being a similar situation to Senna, where Senna, I think he got on at Montrose, maybe one or two other games or whatever. But yeah, I, I, he he'll be back and he he'll get back to his form. But yeah, it's just one of those ones. It's about managing people in a sort of not a crisis of confidence, but yeah, maybe just keeping them on the on the track. And I think that. McCall's probably done the right thing to do that and I, I don't have any worries about Akinola coming back in. He, he'll get his chance at some point. We've got a busy schedule. Yeah, he'll be fine. I think the Senna comparison is a really good one, especially when you look at the the point. Both of them were dropped and as you say, Senna was probably a couple of games too late and it dented his confidence even more. And if McCall's recognised that with Akinola and taking him out while his confidence is still relatively intact and and it's a good move. While you're mentioning McCall shouting in the closed door games, David, you've reminded me about McCall sh- <laughs> shouts on Tuesday night so up at <laughs> Jamie Snedden. So the ball was rolling back, and it was one of them, like Jamie Snedden was standing on the edge of the box, and he opted to just clear it with his feet rather than let it go in his, in his box to pick it up. And there was one of them, like if he let it go in, he might have gotten a bit of trouble with the striker closing in. But McCall went fucking taunt to him, shouting, raging at him, going, just pick up, just pick up. And then he turned round to Kenny Arthur. Kenny Arthur must have said something to him. And McCall just turned round and just went, well done, Sneds. That's great, Sneds. Keep going, Sneds. Fantastic. <laughs> so funny. As if he'd so never, good. like, swore I've said anything to him. It was fantastic. And uh, a word for Archie as well, who was uh, on McKenna's case for the entire second half to him to push up higher before he scored his goal. So a wee assist for, for Archie on the bench there. Jamie, I'll come to you before we move on to the Inverness game. We've talked a bit about Allegria and we'll talk about the front too. But Ross McKeever joined Alawa on loan for the rest of the season. What did you make of that move? I'm not sure if maybe McKeever was told that Allegria was coming in and that you know he'd be playing a minor role from then to the end of the season. Realistically, with him and the pecking order behind Graham, you could be acting Allegria as well. He probably he might have asked to go out on loan, get some game time, or maybe McCall just said that that's best go out on loan, play some football, we'll see what happens in the summer. But realistically, if I'm honest, it deals up at the end of the season, and I'm not sure if it's getting extended. You know, he he played twenty something matches maybe this season. He didn't score a goal, and I know he definitely contributed in other ways. I'm not part of like a McKeever hate campaign or anything. I think he definitely did contribute. He has his quality. He's good in the air got a couple of important assists this season. He was involved in some important goals that like Kyle Turner's won against Rafe and Ross Doherty's won in the cup against them firm. A couple of goals off the top of my head. But uh, you know, he is a striker and at the end of the day he didn't get any goals for us. So I don't know if he'll be getting his contract extended because Graham's on the contract next season. Um not sure. I know you could be actually on the contract with Dundee. I'm not sure if we'll try and get any deal to get him in for next season or we'll be probably in the market again in the summer for another striker. So I don't know if we'll ever see McKeever play for a festival again, but you know, I wish him all the best at Alaba and hopefully he goes on to have a decent career in uh, football. Reese, we'll move on to the Inverness game. Allegria got a start. Brian Graham was back in and we, we kept the diamond shape in midfield. What did you make of the team that Ian McCall selected and what did you make of the performance on Friday night? Yeah, so first off, I was I was actually really happy with the team. Um, and it's weird, actually, because I remember going up to Abroth um, and if you look at all the social media leading up to that that game, all the comments were start Tiffany and Turner, start Tiffany and Turner, and Tiffany and Turner both started, albeit Tiffany came off early doors. Um, and the build up to this game, all the comments were start Murray, Murray better start, Murray needs to play more games, Murray comes into the team. So it's what we asked for. You couldn't ask for any more. Um, and it's good that we we began sort of the way we ended the other night. Um, happy to see happy to see Allegra get a start. He looked lively again. He actually looked. Um, probably a bit better this time in terms of in terms of like chances. He should have scored in the first half. What a touch he took. And then it's one of those ones if he does anything with it, he shins it, rolls it in the net, he scores. But for some reason the keepers came out and he's tried to lob him um and he's he's put it onto the, the roof of the net. So we're, we've got to score but at the end of the day it's good to see him getting those chances. You'd be more worried if he wasn't making them. Um, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time before he bursts the net. Um and just 
going further into the game, I thought it was another one of those ones. It's, it's nil-nil written all over it. It's one of these games that's going to fizzle out. Um, and it was kind of just, it's kind of the story of our running, the story of our postponed games anyway. Every game had been a slog. Has the pitch got something to do with that? More than likely. Um, and it was just another, it wasn't a great game, to be honest. I mean, we did have chances, and it, Ray for that, um, sorry, Inverness were actually coming on to us the second half. And if one team was going to win it, it looked like it was going to be Inverness. They had a couple of chances that uh, they put across the, flashed across the face of goal. But thankfully, um, with Kyle Turner on the pitch, you've always got a chance from set pieces. Um, and I don't know if he scuffed it, I don't know if he's deliberately like chiselled it um, at that height. But Kevin Holt there again, on his weaker side this time, always a threat in the box. Um, and from the north stand, I couldn't see what was happening. I thought it, like, he'd got a tote on the line and he'd scrambled it in. But having seen it back on the TV, on the replay, as I say, with his weaker foot from the edge of the box, it's some finish and he's put it in the only place that the ball would have went in the net. So went up the road, absolutely buzzing. Like, it's put us right back in the frame for automatic promotion, let's be honest. Like, if we can go and win our games, carry that form on. And I'm sure that'll I'll just fill us with confidence by a late goal. It always does. Um, Really, really happy with Friday night. It's an absolute massive one, especially, as I say, with, with the recent results. We've kind of been on a bit of a downer um, and it felt like the, the the whole league and the whole sort of automatic promotion was just slipping away from us and it was getting further and further away. But the fact that you're playing the Friday night um, gets you up the table. I mean, we went from fifth to third in the space of a matter of days. So, yeah, the only way is up. Jamie, do you think five out of nine points is a good return for the last three games? I wouldn't say it's a good return, but it's not a it's not a bad one either. You know, I mean, the Wraith, I think Reese mentioned earlier, they're not in good form. So going there and getting a point, it's not an amazing result, if we're honest. I mean, we're getting a clean sheet, but we need to be winning these kind of games if we want to win the title. And I'm a little bit concerned that we maybe have just dropped one or two many points from one or two many games. The title might be out of reach now. Although, I don't, I don't want to fully say that. the Inverness games. You know, I was saying that before the Inverness game, but then we beat Inverness, and you know, it's all happy days again. So I don't know. I stick with my fifty percent, but it's an okay, it's an okay points tally. It's definitely not a bad one. It's not an amazing one, but the next four games, like they're so crucial for us now. I think we've got Queen of the South in this. We've got Queen of the South, Morton, Dunfermline, and then who's it? We've got who's it? We go after that? Hamilton, I think it is. Yeah. So we've got four games in a row against bottom half clubs, and not not no game in this league's easy. But I think we need, if we want to win the league, we'll at minimum need to win at least three of those games. Minimum. Uh, if we could win all four and go on a fantastic run of form, I mean, zero complaints from me. But I think we minimum need to win three of those games and probably draw the other one if we wanted to win the league realistically before two huge games back to back. Kelly and Arbro. It's a strange one. You say five five points out of nine is is an okay return. I, I think I agree with you. But if we say, for example, we beat Wraith and lost to our growth, we'd have one more point, but our growth would be one more point further clear. We'd be ten behind, even though we'd have a point more on the table. So the way it's worked out, maybe okay. We're yeah. going to play everybody's favourite game: percentage of of chance to win the title. Any advances in 66, 65 and 50%. So let me just go through the situation quickly at the moment. Our Broth have played 28 games and are on 51 points. Kamarnik 28 played 50 points and we have two games in hand on those two sides and are on 42 points. I did a bit of math yesterday and worked out if our Broth keep up their points per game ratio, they'll finish the season on well, 65 and a half points. So 65, 66 points. We'll call it 66 points as... As the target, Kelly's points per game is roughly the same under McInnes as it was under Tommy Wright, so they would be just 65 points. We are currently in 42 points. We need 24 points out of our last 10 games to reach 66. A tough ask. So, David, are you going higher than 66%? Will we win 8 out of 10 games? The immortal Lemmy once said, don't back down. Double doing. <laughs> I would say on on the five points, empirically on a table with all the other things, as you say with the Arbroath one, where if we lost them and beat Rafe, we'd be one point off, uh, one point off worse. Like empirically, it looks like an actual decent rate of return, but doesn't feel like a good rate of return. It, like we we probably should have been beating Rafe Rovers, and as well as that. I think with our bro, if we just hadn't been so lax in the first 25 minutes and 
you know, and maybe got a second goal or, you know, capitalising Gaston's mads coming out of the box in the first half, whatever, we we could have won that. But the Inverness game, I mean, the Inverness game had a lot of parallels to Rafe Rovers in the Fog game where we'd been beat by our broth, confidence was dented, and we got a late goal to kind of just give us that wee lift to keep going. Eight, eight wins out of ten is... That's tough. So basically, what it basically comes down to that Arbroath game, doesn't it? They are both and Kelly games. If we win those, I think okay. If we don't, then then we need to win the the other eight games. Um, yeah, don't back doing double doing sixty six percent. Why not? Reese Haldane, you joining David? <sighs> nah, that, I think I'll be back in the now. But but I'm <laughs> not saying it's over by any means. I still have faith. And I'll just have to sit on the on the fence, sit on the proverbial fence at fifty percent, because the sixty five percent I did say that was when we had all our games in hand, where things were kind of looking up. Scott Tiffany was 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 fighting fit, but now that we've lost our main man, we've we've played some of our games in hand, albeit we're still in a good position. Um, we, if we win the two games that we do have in hand, still it'll be within three points, and I do expect I do expect us to lose games. I expect Kelly and our both all to lose games. Um, so I, I do think there'll be plenty of twists and turns still to come this season. Um, and I hope that they are quite favoursome if Partick Thistle, but 50%, I've got to say, I can see it going, I can see it going anyway. Jamie? You mentioned earlier on, that was on 50%, and I've, yeah, I've not changed uh, over the course of the podcast. And uh, not being super positive to make me change that second with 50%. I really hope, Matt, that when we get to like, the last game of the, the season and we're mathematically impossible for us to win, you'll you'll just crack out with, David, what percentage chance have we got of winning the championship? And you know for a fact I'll still say 66%. Of course, you'll be Aye. banking on points deductions <laughs> in July. I, I, I've i seen our bros tax. It's, it's, you know, it's ropey. You never know. Live and hope. No, I think, I think I was, I can't quite remember if I was 20 or 25 last time I asked this. I'm going to go 30% because... I think we can safely say it's a three-horse race and we are probably the third horse. I think Tiffany being out for the next three or four games is a blow. And I'm just going to ask you, how do we cope without Tiffany? We've seen us move to a diamond, which worked at our growth, but maybe wasn't the best performance on Friday night against Inverness. Do we persist with a diamond? How do we create chances for Brian Graham, for Allegria, without Tiffany in the side? And Reese, I'll come to you with that one. I'd probably like to see something similar to the way we started um, on Friday night. I wouldn't mind seeing Kyle Turner in for a start because, as I've mentioned, he's such a threat from uh, corners and set pieces. We all know, I mean, he's he's hardly had a start for us all season and he's still leading the way at the top of the top of the assist charts for the championship. And if we've not got Tiffany, let's be honest, we're not going to create as many chances from open play. That's just, that's just a fact at this point. So... I do believe set pieces and corner kicks will play a big part for us in the rest of the season if, if we can manage to get a uh, turn around the park. Um, but I do want to see Allegria and Graham uh, form a bit of a partnership. I do think Allegria has got something to give us. And as we've already spoke about, we mentioned in the chat the other night after the game, I thought Yukubiak was excellent. Uh, absolutely excellent. Off the bench, he does put a lot of work in. He does. He's very neat and tidy on the ball. Um, so at some point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Allegria and Yukubiak play up top together. Hopefully, they could set up a nice... A nice duo up top, but for the time being, I keep it pretty similar to Friday night um, and don't go too adventurous at the time. Earlier this week, I spoke to Queen of the South fan Andrew Smith about Tuesday night's game at Firhill. I'm now joined by Queen of the South fan and friend of the podcast, Andrew Smith. Andrew, thanks very much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for having me on again. 
No problem. Um, the first thing I want to start with, I suppose, Queen of the South, it's been a, a wee while since we played each other. Lots of change at Queen of the South since then, and we'll start with Alan Johnson departing. Um, was that the right decision, in your opinion? Um, yes, the only problem with it was it was taken far too late, I think. Um, it should have happened a lot sooner than it did. Um, but, I mean, Willie coming in has had an immediate impact, um, and we're now off the foot of the table, so... Um, there is still some hope, but yeah, it should have happened a lot sooner. What are the what are the sort of key differences you've noticed since Willie Gibson took over, and and also was that a surprise that it went to to Gibson? Were you expecting a more experienced man to come in? No, I um, no surprise at all that it went to Gibson. Um, I thought that that was the obvious choice, and I'd have been surprised if it went anywhere else. To be perfectly honest, um, in terms of the differences. I mean, you've got players playing in the right position for a start. Um, Alan Johnson was a big fan of square pegs and round holes. Um, And I don't know, they're just, the players just look up for it. They look like they're enjoying playing again, which wasn't the case towards the tail end of of Johnson's time in charge. Yeah, you've you've definitely seen a a turnaround in results, especially in the last couple of weeks, a couple of good ones um, in the last two. What, yep. has been, what has been key to those wins, do you think? Um, so there's some players that have really sort of turned around. So big one and a, a player you guys are familiar with is Aidan Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, he went off injured after scoring um, the second goal on Saturday there. But he's looked a different player since, since Willie took charge. Um, and yeah, there just seems to be much more of an, an energy um, throughout the team, which is... Yeah, been the the big difference. You mentioned uh, Fitzpatrick. They were also obviously familiar with Ali Roy. Um, what other danger men should we be be looking out for on Tuesday night? Um, Rudy Payton, I think, um, will play a big part. Uh, he replaced Fitzpatrick when uh, when he went off injured after half an hour or so and had a good game at the weekend. Um, he's a very dangerous player. Um, Josh Todd, uh, and then. We went with the two big men up front this weekend, which was the first time that I think we've really seen that with Ennis Cameron and Ruben Soares Jr. playing alongside each other. I don't know if he'll continue with that midweek. Willie said in his post-match interview that there will be more changes. Um, but yeah, the, I do feel like we've got a lot of attacking talent in the team um, and it, it now seems to be being used properly as well. We've we've commented after the couple of times, uh, or the three times in all competitions we've played against you. I think you you do look a bit more like a team unit this season rather than sort of relying on Stephen Dobby. Is that something you've noticed? Um, yeah. Although, I mean, we're what two seasons out from from Dobby being really effective, um, because towards the tail end of his time with us, Johnson wasn't using him properly. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it's been a while since we've been relying on Dobie. But, yeah, I do think that's fair, um, that there are a sort of a wider breadth of... Well, actually, I would say last season, we were probably more reliant on Connor Shields than anyone else. Um, but, yeah, it's fair. We're less reliant on one single person. And as, as I said, there are three meetings... Uh, 1-1 for Thistle in the league, a draw down at Palmerston in the league, and Queen's also not Thistle out of the, the Challenge Cup down at Palmerston. What yep. sort of game are you expecting on Tuesday night? Um, well, I watched your guys' game on Friday night there, and I imagine something you've spoken about a lot. We're not, not going to see quality football on your pitch at the moment, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I would kind of expect more of the same in terms of what we've seen at Fur Hill recently. Um, I, I commented on the match thread on Pie and Bovril that I would take a nil-nil here. Um, we've had four consecutive clean sheets. If we were to have a fifth consecutive clean sheet, I believe that would be a club record. Um, so if we could manage that, that would be great. Um, you guys are obviously doing very well. If we came away with a point, I'd be quite happy. It's certainly the the season in the championship for clean sheet club records been broken. We broke ours earlier with eight in a row. 
So I don't I don't quite know what that says about the league if clubs are breaking their, their clean sheet records left, right and centre. But a score <laughs> prediction for Tuesday night? Um, you know what? I'm going to stick with the nil-nil, I think. Um, yeah, we've looked a lot more solid in the recent weeks. Um, and yeah, you're, you're not going to see loads of goals on that pitch, I don't think. So nil-nil. And the, the win against Morton on Saturday took you off um, bottom place in the league. How do you see the, the rest of the season going from your point of view? Do you think you've got enough in the tank to stay up? Um, I would hope that we'll stay above Dunfermline. Um, obviously, we're now two points ahead of them. Just got the league table in front of me at the moment. There's a five-point gap to Hamilton and Morton and then a further point to Ayr. Uh, with nine games to go, I think it might be a bit of an ask to, to overhaul that. Although if, if one of them has a particularly poor run, then yeah, we might might get up there. I do think we'll stay up, whether that's through getting to eighth place or through the playoffs, I'm not sure. But yeah, I do think we'll be playing championship football next season. And what about the other end of the league? What have you made of our both Kilmarnock ourselves this season? How do you see that going? Well, I mean, everyone that isn't involved in it is pulling for our broth to to pull it off um I would say and I really hope they do um but I don't know towards the tail end of a season part-time players they do you you can see that they they sort of fade away it's they're only one point ahead of Kilmarnock who have been no great shakes themselves but um I think when all is said and done I think that Kelly will be the championship the the champions of the championship that's fair enough. Andrew, thanks very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Jamie, what sort of game are you expecting against a, a rejuvenated Queen of the South side at Fur Hill on Tuesday night? I think it'll be quite a tough game. I think it'll be likely to be another 1-0 or maybe a 2-1 at a push. I think there'll be one goal in it. Uh, anytime we played Queen of the South this season, I don't think they've ever looked like a bad outfit. I think at the start of the season, back when I did like a prediction table for the league start, I think I said they'd finish sixth. I mean, the the league is so tight, anything could happen. They could still finish sixth or seventh or somewhere around that. I, I, I part now believe they might actually stay up. I think they seem to have garnered a bit of momentum recently and, you know, Dunfermline are on their way down right now by the look of it. Uh, obviously, anything can change, but Queen of the South, I think it'll be a tough game. No good football, really. Not much good football gets played in our pitch. We seem to be getting a bit more used to it. You can see that, obviously, we play in it much more regular than any other team, so we are seem to me a little bit more used to it. So I'm going to say a scrappy 1-0 win for Fissel and Brian Graham with a goal because he's had, I think he's that five games without a goal now. I don't think he's scored some, four or five games without a goal. And I've said before that he goes four with a goal. He scores four, four and four and goes four without. So he's gone on another run here and he's going to start out with the Queen of the South game. David and Reese, do you want to come in with score predictions? And then David, I'm going to ask you a question about Morton. Is it, have they won fuck all? Because I can give you an answer <laughs> to that straight away. I can finally have one more answer I can give you. So in terms of Queen of South game, I, I'm under no illusions. I think this is going to be a very, very tough game, to be honest. Are, are Queen of South still bottom? Or Dunfermline bottom they're now? Up, they're up to ninth after they're their up to ninth, yeah. I knew they were bottom until it's Saturday, and I know, I know they'd won. They David, are, they, you'd, have, you'd have known that if you read the, the draw, lose or draw stat pack that was out today. That <laughs> that is true. Yes, yeah, sorry, my apologies. I'll, I'll ne- next week I'll do my homework better. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very very tough game. Queen of South are in really really good form. They look like they've turned it round ever since getting rid of Alan Johnson. And that was his name, wasn't it, Alan Johnson? I is that not the guy? The guy at a peep show. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, was like, if I just like I morphed really, motherfucker, <laughs> right? Um, unmotivational Alan Johnson though. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but like they've really turned it round, and they look like they're in a bit of form. Um, and I think that they're going to be up for the fight. The fact they got themselves off the foot of the table, they've got a Dunfermline side who are really, really struggling. Um, there's there's definitely a motivation there for them. There's also motivation there for us. Um, and again, it's one of the mythical games in hand. It's it's going to be really, really tough. I'm I'm interested to see how we do with the diamond against Queen of the South. Obviously, the last two games have been against like Arbroath and Inverness. And I know Inverness have been faltering for quite a wee while as well. But you would probably say immeasurably they are a better side on paper than Queen of the South, even though Queen of the South to have the wind beneath our sails at the moment. I'll go 2-1 um, Graham Allegria and uh, well, 3-1 and we'll get Aidan Fitzpatrick to get an own goal for us Agent Fitzpatrick's going to be the kingmaker he's going to score an own goal for us is he? or are you 2-1 then? that's ah, alright, good stuff Reese, score prediction I will if you go back to away the first podcast of the season after the Queen of the South game like I've just been impressed with Queen of the South kind of all season and I actually can't believe they're second bottom still I've always maintained they're in a bit of a false position um, and I do think it's picking up now. Obviously, um, Wally Gibson's in charge and they look to have put up a, a bit of a fight in recent weeks. Um, they're obviously into the final of the the, the Diddy Cup. So congratulations to them. Hope they're happy. But um, I do think I do think this will be a really uh, tough tie. Um, and obviously, Aidan Fitzpatrick's had a torrid time when during this season. And I'm happy for him to finally be scoring against just a... It's a shame for him that he's not going to be playing, but I'm glad that he's going to be missing this game because he is one of the better players. They also have Lee Connolly out, who's been ridiculous for them this season, and every time he's played against us, he's been their key man. Um, So I'm glad that he's out injured, or or he is out injured at the moment. He'll probably be back on Tuesday night, not on our luck. But as I say, I think this will be another 1-0 Jags, is my prediction, because we're struggling for goals at the minute. It's going to be a battle. They're fighting for their lives. They don't want to go down. We want to go up. And I can see one goal separating it, probably another set piece, probably another centre half on the score sheet, probably leaving it to the depth again. But here's hoping it's first to take all three points. Have have any of you heard the, the wee boy at Wigan predict the Wigan score? And he goes, I think it'll be 1 0. Will Greg up the ticks? When Jamie said he thought it'd be 1 0, Thistle, Brian Graham, I was really disappointed he didn't see up the Jags. <laughs> Do you all know what video I'm talking about? I think I've seen it before. I yeah. do not. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to play it right. The guy with the butt teeth. Up the ticks, Michael, you made a long trip down. What do you think the score's going to be today? It's going to be 1 0, Will Greg. Up the ticks, come on! Jamie, I want your best impression. <laughs> In that accent. Aye. Yes, no, I, I don't think I can do. In your finest West End accent, then. Uh, West End. Aye. I don't go to Glasgow Uni. Uh, hold on. You've literally bought a three-bedroom house in fucking Hindlands. We haven't. Uh, that's absolute. That's absolute rubbish. We're, we're renting them. It's party, big man. It's party. But uh, all right. Uh, you can go a wee come on at the end if if you're feeling it. One no, Brian Graham up the Jags. Come on. Superb. There you go. You've well, got we've got it. an episode got, intro at least. You've got your Sunday. <laughs> but if, oh, if that's the intro, that's out of context. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> That's the whole point of David editing an intro. James even going to play them all night. We'll be a fucking backstring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that's that's that's. We'll find out that wee boy from Wigan's been like in the jail for some heinous crime, and we'll get cancelled as well. Right. Anyway, back to football, David. The question I was going to ask you: We've got Morton away on Saturday. And that will be five games in 14 days. How would you like to see the squad be used um, at Capolo if, if rotated at all? Do you see Graham starting again? We've obviously got options up front now as well as in defence. Yakubiak's there uh, with Allegria. We've got options in midfield. We've talked about McAllister, Smith, Turner. How do you see the squad being used? And tomorrow night as well in both games. It's, it's really, really difficult because you would think, oh, Ninth place Queen of the South and Martin who have been circling the drain all season. That these seems like absolute gimmies of games where you think we should be winning. But Queen of the South have got a form and Dougie Emery has totally 
turn to Morton round. I mean, Morton beat us like two weeks ago, um, albeit I don't think Morton were especially great. They didn't really do anything in the game apart from score. Um, and we, we kind of threw on, you know, we chucked a penalty away. And yeah, like it wasn't a resounding, crushing defeat that we took against Morton um, um, a couple of days ago. But these are the sort of games you would have pinned, say, like four weeks ago and went, well, that's you're going to be rotating players in these games. And then by the time they've came round, we, we can't really because they are on great side. I mean, is, I think I think it was in the terrace or something they were saying at Dougie. I mean, like, he's their best manager, like, since they got to the League Cup semi-final. They, I don't think they ever had a sort of run of that ilk since then and maybe then before what they what, up to like January in the season we won the championship like they're in great great form and y- you need to go for it and like you need to go for it against Queen of the South to be fair but these teams have a bit of motivation as well and Morton I mean Morton are, are, are creeping up on like your Rafe Rovers and your Inverness and and, and us uh, you know in terms of I think we predicted sort of halfway point when it or at the point when it was like some mad eighteen point chasm between fifth and sixth and it was all kinda of bunched up that that was gonna be a top five and a bottom five and no one was getting there and Morton are kinda of reeling it in. It's Graham is the concern though, because Graham can't play ninety minutes. He played ninety I think did he play ninety minutes against Arbroath, is that right? I mean you got a full ninety against Arbroath, but pretty much every other game he's been getting subbed off and stuff like that and He's had to, you know, we, we've had to be economical with him. And it's like, ugh, do you stick it? You either stick him on against Queen of the South from the get go and sub him off and then put him on later on against Morton or do vice versa. I don't think you could do both. And I think if you said to me, pick a game, um, I'd probably say the Morton game that I'd rather have Graham play in. Uh, like, more than the Queen of the South one because even though Queen of the South are on a bit of a run, like Morton are, are doing really, really, really good at the moment, and it's it's the same players that were markedly pish until under Gus McPherson. He, he's really got them working really well, and I think they're probably going to be the bigger threat over Queen of the South. But both are equally tough, and yeah, I, I don't think we can afford too much rotation, to be honest. No, I agree. And I think the good thing is after the Morton game, we do have seven days off. So you might see Graham get get a couple of 90 minutes in because he'll have plenty of recovery time after that. I'm conscious of time because I know I'm surrounded by high flyers here with busy lives. So I'm just going to come round you all for score predictions in the Morton game. Reese, I'll start with you. And is that Kaplow? Is that Kaplow, yeah. Uh, I'll go 2-1. Better, better surface. I don't think Tiffany will be back by then, but let's just hope that we can we can break our one goal duck because obviously we're going to win one now tomorrow night. But I just want to ask you guys as well, where does this put Kyle McAllister? Like, if he's not, if he's he's like fifth choice sub now, us like, is he ever going to touch the pitch again? What do you guys think? Uh, I think he's getting that, cameos. But, uh, he's getting cameos, and it's a shame because I mean, like, he was really highly thought of, but. It's one of those things where like Tiffany's out of the squad and you're like, well, McAllister might seem like a good replacement or at least fit somewhere in because Tiffany's out because Tiffany was basically monopolised the left mid. And like, I just don't feel that he's going to do it. Especially with, you know, like in fucking Tuesday, we had Crawford and Turner at left and right mid and same, same like Conor Murray as well. It's just like... Yeah, the resurgence of Conor Murray. Nah, exactly. It's just like, what chances he got, man? Like, I was saying that the other day in the group chat. I think I said something about Trent, but Kyle McAllister is not really getting involved to end the season. I think he moved here to get more game time. He wasn't getting a man. It's going to end up being an awful move for him if he's just sitting on the bench in a division below now, effectively. That's what his move's been from one bench to another. It's kind of pretty rubbish for him. You never know, though, because I think we've we've talked about the, the right-hand side of midfield position and the fact that nobody's really nailed it down. If he comes off the bench, has a good half hour, scores a goal, sets a goal up, it, it only takes a moment or two for him to really nail a position down and, and get the shot and boost his confidence. I, I think it's it's there for him. He's just got to take his chance when he gets it. Jamie, yeah. we've had a 2-1 from, from Reese. Any advances in that? Are we going to get six points out of six? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say 2-0. 
we need to I've been you know and the predictions recently have been just going on it's always 1-0 2-1 1-0 2-1 something like that so I'm going to go 2-0 this week we're going to we're going to win it on we're going to do alright David I'm going to be extravagant on this one I'm I'm smelling a reversal of the infamous game on the, under Caldwell we were 2-0 up at Capilo Manpreet was chucked in the cells as we conceded three goals and a really humiliating loss I'm I'm smelling a reversal of that. I think we might go behind, 2-0 behind, 3-2, get it up them. I I can sense, I think it's going to be a bit of a wild game. And like, Kyle McAllister to score, he plays for St Mirren, he hates the Morton. Um, You know, get him up up front and centre and he'll get us a hat-trick, why not? I do appreciate that this is a party Fissile podcast, but have any of us ever predicted a party Fissile defeat, ever? (laughs) <laughs> I've definitely predicted a few draws but I was just thinking I'm going to back you up and go 6 out of 6 I think to I be don't honest, think we've, I predict, I predict we've not played Celtic or Rangers since I, for this, since we've been running this podcast we started running it about 3 months after McCall took over when we were flying and then we're on League 1 and now we're sort of up the top end of the championship I, I genuinely think we started this pod like 2 weeks after we last played Celtic in the Cup so if we'd started Aye. this 2 weeks before <laughs> then possibly that would have been real depressing the first episode how do you think this are going to do oh, we're going to get beat aren't we oh, fuck's sake. this entire season I predicted wins apart from one game Kilmarnock away I said we'd draw one each we actually went on to win it so maybe I should say we'll draw every week and we'll go on and win does any club podcast Remember, like, ever predict their team to lose it just, it just feels like yeah. Gross traitor. We've had honest. the Erdry guys on, and they've said, "Oh, I think that's all too they... much for us." <laughs> <laughs> at least they know. At least they're honest. I don't know how much of the last five minutes will actually make it into the edit, but we will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And after I very stupidly yesterday cut quite a large chunk of my thumb off trying to separate frozen square sausages with a bread knife. I'm going to ask, what is the most embarrassing way you've injured yourself or someone else? Um, David, I'll start with you. Everyone, I'm sure the only reason half our listeners tune in <laughs> is to hear your Partridge Thistle answers, so I'm sure you've got a good one for this one. You'll be delighted to know I've got an injury to myself and to another person. Um, oh, yes. I used to have a quad bike when I was a wean. Uh, my dad was heavy into motorbikes and then had a, a huge, huge, awful accident, which basically meant that he couldn't ride motorbikes anymore. Um, but he gave me, he got me a quad bike, right? Um, and I used to love this thing. I absolutely ride it all the time. Went up to Dossholm Park um, and went along, and there was a wee divot. And I was like, oh, there's a wee divot. I'll go into that. Turns out quad bikes are fucking horrendous like they are incredibly unsafe and you should not give your children family members anyone one because they are they only seem to be ridden these days by drunken neds um like when bottles are mad dog they are they are death traps and i went down this divot turns out it wasn't a wee divot it was a big hole went down slammed chest thrust into the handlebars whole thing nearly fell over on me when i was like seven years old um and that was that was a that was a rough one um but um, so yeah, don't go on quad bikes. Um, they're they're, de- they're death traps. And as well as that, I remember when I was a kid, me uh, one of my best friends called Colin. Um, he won't be listening to this. He is a Rangers fan, so unless he's looking for like Firth Mayo Allegri updates, I don't think he'll be listening. So it's fine. When we were like five or six, we were heavy into the Lion King. And um, now now unless you are literally Sean McGuigan, right? This is not a spoiler, right? But as you know, Mufasa is killed by Scar because he's hanging off the cliff and he drops him off and then all the world to be coming, the stampede and he dies, whatever. And we 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 played the Lion King when we were like five or whatever and decided to use his stairs as the cliff and I launched him down the stairs quite bad. And he got a big huge. I don't. I don't know why, but um, yeah, launched down the stairs head first. It was quite. It was quite nasty. He was all right. I think he cut himself, and that was about it. But yeah, um, that was quite bad. And I won't talk about my backyard wrestling past because we'll be here for about a year with all the <laughs> terrible, terrible injuries that I've inflicted and been given. So yeah, that we'll go with that. How do you even follow that up? <laughs> I know. At, at what age does? Oh, mate, you just gave like a proper like origin story, a redemption arc. You just like 
<laughs> Jamie, on you go. Uh, the only one I can, you know, my past official answers are usually terrible, but I actually have one for this week for once. Uh, years ago, I was playing indoor football. With, uh, I can't remember why, but it was like one of those like these SpongeBob you buy, and I managed to completely miss the ball and absolutely thwack my foot off this kind of. I don't know, like drawer thing. I don't know what it was. It was a wee stand where the phone was on and snapped three ligaments in my feet. So <sighs> great, great times that. Christ. Um, Jamie, I'll let you know the punchline to the Lion King thing just yeah, before yeah, you go. Yeah. I think I'm getting a job interview from in about two weeks. <laughs> imagine, oh, going to, imagine going into a job interview going, you threw me down the stairs when I was five. Why did you do that? That's <laughs> why. So what what that? age? Jesus. At God. what age do you think we were just playing the Lion King stops flying? Uh, I, I mean, I'm tempted to say, <laughs> well, like 41 or something, but <laughs> um, I know, like, what, what, that possibly my favourite question we've ever had in this podcast. At what age does playing the Lion King not fly anymore? And that's Reese, you got any good stories? Um, I've got one that I will come back around if I so eventually. So, um. Back in my previous life, mate, when I used to be a joiner, I don't do that anymore, but I was working on an extension um, and there was like, a scaffold round the outside and my hands were full. I had like, a, a radio in one hand, like speaker thing, um, and I had some tools in the other hand and I was coming down off this scaffold. So it must have been like, I don't know, like six foot, seven foot. And I jumped down and f- went over on my fucking ankle, mate. Like from from that height, it was, like, so it cracked so loud and like I couldn't feel a thing. Like my leg was proper numb couldn't stand up like thought I'd broke my ankle or something whatever like but see as soon as like the adrenaline whatever had worn off the worst pain ever like my leg ballooned like massive um so see for like months later I couldn't put any shoes on I couldn't even put on a long sock like above my ankle like I couldn't I had to wear sliders for months mate I generally could only wear sliders so I went to I think it was the first game of the season. This ha- this lasted for months, mate. So the first game of the season, and like, like friendly, I went to Kelty Hearts away wearing sliders, mate. So if MD seen me at Kelty Hearts wearing sliders, I wasn't <laughs> doing that. That wasn't a fashion statement I'd actually done in my ankle, right? Just want to clear that up in case MD's been thinking that I'm a creep, mate. But <laughs> uh, so that's one of them, mate. Actually, I, I still think I've done permanent nerve damage for that and stuff, but that is what it is, you know what I mean? That I, I'm I'm no stranger to ankle injuries. I've I've probably got another story about um I tore all my ankle ligaments about two days before my 18th birthday. I was uh, trampolining, believe it or not, and uh, you know like the the mats like the sort of padding that goes around the edge. I was I jumped too close to the edge of that, and as I went up, my foot got stuck under the padding. So I went up, my foot didn't go up. And just like the, my ankle went not to the side, but like my foot was like pointing down like a like a gymnast. But I was like going straight up, and that that fucked my ankle up. And I was in crutches for weeks. Uh, crutches, my 18th birthday. Uh, still, I don't really think it's still 100% to be honest with you. Years on, but I that's probably I, I don't know what's more embarrassing: going trampolining or trying to separate frozen meat with a bread knife. So let the people decide. Do you something? The last time I went trampolining, I went and jumped in the trampoline. And I was like, "Oh, this will be fine." And my and then like it was too it was too bouncy, so like my back just like compressed. <laughs> and I went in. I was like, oh, "So I I trampoline's a disaster." Too bouncy, a phrase normally reserved for Rangers podcasts, but um, <laughs> we will we will leave it there. As always, thank you for joining us on Draw Loser Draw. Thanks to David, Jamie, and Reese for joining me. We will be back next week to look back on both games against Queen of the South and Morton and to look ahead to our home game against Hamilton and then rearrange trip to Dunfermline. In the meantime, stay safe and don't try to separate any frozen meat with bread knives. Yeah.